At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in our number three here on your July 4th holiday. We're crossing over to July 5th if you're on the East Coast. Still Independence Day on the West Coast. And it's my pleasure to be joined by Vegas sports gambling reporter Patrick Everson. Happy 4th to you. I know you're out West, so it's still fireworks time out there. Absolutely. I'm here in Vegas, and it's uh, I can hear the bing, bang, boom going on like crazy outside my house. So uh, people on the block and some of the... Uh, uh, local establishments that are doing them that aren't too far away. It's uh, uh, they're definitely they're popping off, if you will. I like it. The bigger, the bigger, the boom. Well, Patrick, lots that I want to get to you, uh, get to you with here, and let, let's start with what something that happened about twelve hours ago, Eastern time. Well, anybody's time, and you, you know this famous Nathan and hot dog eating contest. Everyone's betting on it now. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been breaking down hot dog eating on different shows that I've done, which I love, and I think it's just hilarious. But there was a little controversy when you have these protesters wearing Darth Vader masks. I'm not even going to say what they were protesting. Who cares? But they got in the middle of this during Joey Chestnut and the men eating hot dogs. And at one point, Joey Chestnut put one of these protesters basically in a chokehold while he was eating hot dogs. And I just wanted to get your reaction to what you found out ended up happening. Because I know the DraftKings, I don't know if anyone else ended up refunding anybody that had the over 74 and a half. Because obviously the, the under hit easily. It was way under at 63. Everyone else's totals went way under. I know Esper's went uh, under at 47. It was 42 and a half. Uh, where he was, you know, 840 and his total was 48 and a half. What, are, what did you find out about where all this stuff kind of settled after the uh, the protesters tried to wreck an American institution? Yeah, and it's interesting that uh, the DK went ahead and, and, and paid out on the over. And that's, you know, look, on something like this, the limits are not going to be extraordinarily high. It's an interesting thing. It's an entertaining thing. But they're not going to take high limits on this because it's a, such a, you know, a unique event. So it probably didn't, you know, probably didn't hurt DK too much to, to swallow that hot dog, if you will, and pay, <laughs> out to the, and pay out to the over and the under winners, but uh, uh, pay out to the over and under betters, I should say. I mean, it is interesting. He was on, you know, if I, if I, at least if I, if I caught it right in double checking this, I think he was only 17 or 18 hot dogs in when, uh, uh, yep. when that happened. 
And I think I saw in another story I read a couple of different, yeah, 18 hot dogs in when that, uh, when that uh, protester, uh, you know, I, it's just ridiculous. I, I don't even know what else to say, but, um, and he was still, I think he, I think he had 30 dogs eaten at three minutes in. So he was absolutely on pace, you know, well on over pace at that pace at, at that rate at that time. But it's hard to say if, you know, he continues that or if it, if it threw him off his game and it just really hadn't gotten to him yet. And ultimately it kind of did as it went on. So, you know, I think it's you know good on, good on DK for, for, for paying out both sides of it. I think, um, What's interesting is, along with DK, I, I've got DK's numbers actually in front of me on, on how this was all bet, you know, uh, the splits they sent over. And, and I have bet MGMs as well, and obviously some other books had this up. And what I found interesting was the dichotomy in the way this was bet, depending on the book. And what I mean is, like, for example, um, w- one of the options that DK had was basically Joey Chestnut versus the field. Give him the field. Joey Test Chestnut was like, you know, 30, 40, 50 to one, depending on when you got him. The field, you know, plus 1,500, plus 2,000, et cetera. And 90%, almost 90% of bets, of tickets written for the men's field were on the field, but only 0.2% of the handle was on the field, which is really a really weird dichotomy. I was just, I was flummoxed by that when I saw that come across this morning from DK comparatively, when you jump over to BetMGM, which also booked as well, um, they did the same thing. It was just chestnut versus the field was the main prop on this. And it was, it, it, it went a little more the way you would expect 12% of tickets, 18% of money on chestnut. Nobody's laying minus 3000. They're just hoping for an upset. So the field at, at, at 10 to one, 88% of tickets, 82% of handle. I would expect that at most books, that's kind of how that went, where they just were, were, were laying into the, uh, uh, the underdog at the, at the long shot odds. Cause you're not, you're not going to lay minus 3000. You're just going to watch at that point. You're either going to bet the underdog or you're not going to bet. Yeah. I guess if you're Derek Stevens, you can just lay, you know, 3 million. I mean, I guess maybe he, maybe he's part of that. It's <laughs> <laughs> worth your while. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, uh, if you're operating, if you own that hotel that you're, uh, that's sitting behind you with that gorgeous sports book and the great view from your studio, then yeah, you might be, uh, you might be inclined to uh, throw some high dollars on the, uh, on the hour winner. But again, to my point earlier, these are things that where, look, obviously it's a losing proposition for DK if they're paying out both sides of this and the public likes to bet overs. So uh, as opposed to, as opposed to, uh, right, you right. know, as opposed to betting unders, um, kind of the consensus over under was 74 and a half. Um, although I will say at DK, that number was, had pretty good two way action. It was just, you know, a, a, a slightly more money on the over and slightly more tickets on the over, but pretty good two way play. And at bet, at bet MGM, I know they had it. It's, I believe they had it. Yeah. 74 and a half as well. 64% of tickets, 59% of money on the over, because, uh, you know, it's a public thing. It's an entertaining thing. People are going to bet the over, but they didn't bet the over quite like, you know, they didn't bet it like crazy. But uh, it's a loser on both sides for DK. But again, I think with the limits as low as they probably were for this, uh, they don't mind eating that, so to speak, and making everybody happy because of the adverse circumstances with the, with the protester jumping in there. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to be coming with puns intended or unintended, uh, but it is great. <laughs> I mean, splits on hot dog eating contests. I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's. 
Let's talk a little NBA here, Patrick. And we've seen some moves, you know, whether it's the Suns, the the Heat, the Lakers, a huge move, obviously, on the Nets because of the Kyrie and the, uh, uh, you know, Kevin Durant information. What are you seeing when it comes to NBA title odds? Because right now, obviously, we're in this period of time where there's been a flurry of activity, but we're, you know, we're in July. We got a long way to go until the season starts, but teams and, and players are obviously uh, making the odds move. Right. And to your point about it being July, listen, this is going to be a small pot right now, a very small pot. But there are certainly, you know, the odds makers still have to stay on top of it, even though there's not a lot of money yet. There's a lot of activity and there is opportunity if you're if you're paying close attention to this, as as the smarter betters most certainly are, you know, they might look for those opportunities. People generally don't really want to have their money tied up for practically a year. But if you get the inside track on, on you know, a good tip or whatever, or beat the odds maker on where Durant is going to end up, then, you know, that might, it might look pretty appealing to have your money tied up for a while if you can get a really good, you know, a, a, a what's considered a good number on this. And I think it's, you know, with the Durant situation, I think what's shown is that it's definitely impacted the Suns number significantly. Well, a fair amount. The Suns were not long shots by any stretch, but, and I apologize. I don't know if you can hear. I got fireworks going off at, at Green Valley Ranch Resort a couple of miles from my house, and it's just loud, loud, loud. So I don't know if that's picking up or not, but uh, happy birthday, America. Yes. But, you know, the Suns' odds have shortened because they're considered a destination potential for Durant. Miami's odds have shortened. Golden State's kind of – I know they've kind of entered the mix. There's been rumors over the weekend about, you know, maybe a, maybe a KD reunion back in Golden State. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen personally, but I, and I don't know anything – to say that I'm just, that's just my personal opinion, but you know, the sun's at plus plus six fifty. I think they were in the neighborhood of 10 to one, 11 to one. Now they're plus six fifty at some spots. Um, you've got, and actually I take that back now. I think they're even, are they even sitting at five? No, they are plus six fifty. Um, obviously, you know, the Celtics are shortened just a little bit. They are the plus five fifty favorites at bed MGM right now, along with the Milwaukee bucks. And then you got the Warriors Clippers Suns all at plus six fifty. Then it go down to the Lakers and the Heat at eleven to one. And again, the Heat in that mix because Durant, you know, that's that's been considered potentially a Durant spot. The Lakers, I'm not sure what's up there. I don't know if I'm a buyer on that. Although, in fact, I know I'm not a buyer on that. So the Lakers opened the, the Lakers opened twenty two to one at BetMGM, and they've cut that number in half down to eleven to one. So, and they are actually uh, when you look at BetMGM splits, the Lakers. Are right now they are taking the second most tickets and the second most money at BetMGM. Only the Warriors taking more. Yeah, it's fascinating to me. And as you mentioned, I mean, this is a time where a lot of people don't want things tied up that much. But when you look at Kevin Durant, and, and I wonder what you're seeing with with Durant's next team odds. Suns minus one forty. He said he wanted this, you know the Suns. Uh, you know, to, to be a son or to be a Miami Heat, but obviously it doesn't always happen that way. That being said, Kyrie's odds are minus four hundred to go to the Lakers. It sure seems like he's going to LA, right? And that's and that may be playing in a little bit to to the Lakers' odds. Although, you know, I just, I just don't know if that makes the Lakers a better team or not. It's really hard for me to say right now after what we've seen the last couple of seasons. I'm not sure if that's the answer, but obviously Durant is is going to be a legit needle mover. And and to that point, like I said, the Suns' odds have tightened, you know, bounced around a little bit, but they're certainly shorter now than they were when this market opened, regardless of book. And right now, just to give you an idea, at BetMGM, uh, ticket count, Golden State, this is the order, most tickets, Golden State, 
then Lakers, then Suns, then Clippers, then Nuggets. The Clippers, uh, you know, maybe make it some noise too, and they're at plus 650. And then when you're talking money, one, two, and three in money are, again, the Warriors, Lakers, and Suns. So yep. there's certainly some believers in the Suns, and I think the liability is leaning toward the Suns as well because they had a little bit longer numbers, and to the Lakers, and the Lakers had a much longer number, 22 to 1. I might be hated in L.A. by saying this, but I'm not buying the Lakers at all, kind of like you said as well. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us here on July 4th. Look forward to doing it again. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Have a good night. Happy 4th. All right, you got it. Great stuff. Follow Patrick on Twitter at Patrick E underscore Vegas. Stan Leach in for Tim Murray and Sean King here on the Nightcap on VEASAN, your the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, L.A. How about Detroit with yours truly, the award-winning Detroit CityCasts, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Dan Leach in for Tim Murray and Sean King here on the nightcap on your July 4th holiday. Big thanks again to Patrick Everson. Please give him a follow on Twitter at Patrick E underscore Vegas. It is, it is totally interesting to me to hear about betting splits for the hot talk eating contest. I mean, it, like, I love the fact that it's become this thing where, uh, you know, there's baseball in Wimbledon, uh, you know, to bet on right like on Monday. Now, Monday, it's now Tuesday here on the East Coast, but Monday for uh, all you out there West still for a couple more hours, there's things to bet on. But Everyone loves gimmicks sometimes. And not that the Nathan Hot Talk, Nathan's Hot Talk Eating Contest is a gimmick in itself, but it's a betting gimmick. And, of course, Chestnut, back when Kobayashi was doing it, huge favorites. I mean, you're not laying, like I said, maybe Derek Stevens is going to lay $3 billion to win, uh, what, what would that be, 100000 But no one's laying minus 3000 But you're looking at the total, and what with what happened today or yesterday in the East Coast, it's fascinating because you had a guy that was, as Patrick Everson mentioned, was well on pace to hit his total of 74 and a half and go over. 
And then a protester gets involved and Chestnut puts him in a headlock and DK, DraftKings and others, uh, I know DraftKings we know for sure, refunded all bets on the over because it was way under. And someone, maybe that protester wasn't really protesting. Uh, I'm not even going to say the name when he was protesting because I don't want to. But uh, maybe he was just trying to, maybe he had a lot of money on the under. Maybe his specific reason was he was part of a gambling syndicate and put like, you know, whatever the limit would be. As Patrick mentioned uh, in the last segment, these are capped, like betting on WrestleMania and other things like that. They're always capped. You can't bet that much money because there's people that know what happens, A. And for like the hot dog eating contest, you can actually affect that. You can't go, you can't run on an NFL field and affect Tom Brady's pass by intercepting it. You're just going to get thrown in jail and look like an idiot. You can't go on the court and try to block a Steph Curry three. They're just going to stop the game. You're going to go to jail and they're going to replay everything. So in a hot dog eating contest, you actually can affect it. You actually could go out there and, you know, bump that bump elbows, but kind of bump whatever with Joey Chestnut and affect his ability and his rhythm as a competitive eater. So at least they read DraftKings were funded, um, you know, the overbats, but just the, the, the splits on that. I just love that we're talking splits on hot dog eating contests. There you got a, a picture of Chestnut putting that. And I, I, love, I love Star Wars, man, but that was stupid. They put a bad name. Uh, associated with Star Wars with those idiot protesters and Chestnut almost killing one of those guys. Uh, but let's let's talk some NFC North action here. I'm in Detroit, but there's a fascinating win total that is getting a lot of action outside of Detroit that has to do with Detroit. And I thought I wanted to take a, a minute here to talk about it. And it's it's really interesting to me because, you know, I'm here in Lions country and you know, I know a lot of you probably feel bad for me because I've been a Lions fan my entire life. I will never change. The Lions have won one playoff game. They've won one playoff game since 1957. They've barely even been to the playoffs, but they have one win. I mean, think about this. There are several years that Tom Brady's Patriots had, you know, three, four, five wins. And the Lions have one playoff win since 57. So we are a sad sack franchise. I don't know what our problem is. We know I can like me and so many others can never give up being Lions fans. I never will. I have good friends that have become Broncos fans and Dolphins fans and Packers fans, which is completely illegal if you're from Detroit. But you you look at the Lions win total. And I've been on this since it was out right away. As soon as these odds came out, uh, I think it was post draft. And I took the over six and I had to lay a little. I think it was minus 20. It's becoming extremely trendy right now. For people to take this six and a half over minus 115 now, the unders minus 105. There is the alternate win total, which I've, I've discussed on my show. The Detroit City has seven and a half over plus 200, under minus two, uh, 250. And then the Lions playoff odds, four to one to make them, minus 550 to miss them. Uh, they are the third favorite to win the North ahead of those stupid Bears. They're 10 to one. The Bears are 12 to one. Win the NFC, they're 60 to one. Win the Super Bowl, which is crazy, is 151. But let me explain to you where I'm at with the Lions because obviously I cover the Lions, you know, very intently. The Lions have an incredible GM, much like the Pistons do in Brad Sherlock Holmes, as I call him. They got Aiden Hutchinson. They got they traded up for Jamison Williams. They've got a, a really solid, one of the better offensive lines in the NFC. They don't have a great quarterback. Jared Goff is. To me, still a placeholder. It's about drafting someone, whether it's C.J. Stroud or someone else in the upcoming draft. But you look at what the Lions have been able to do 
in building a young, exciting team that in this era of the NFL, this era of parity going back to 2001 with the four, you know, eight division format and worst to first all the time, you've got a lot of young talent in Detroit, whether it's DeAndre Swift. Remember last year, Amon Ross St. Brown came out of fourth round draft pick. The Lions got DJ Shark. They have Hockenham, TJ Hawkinson. I mentioned the offensive line with guys like Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow and uh, Vitae and Panay Sewell was the first round pick from a couple years ago. You look at the defense, you know, getting Aiden Hutchinson, you've got Okwara and his brother. You've got uh, Jeff Okuda coming off an injury. Tracy Walker III has been one of the highest ranked free safeties via pro football focus for the last couple of years at times. So you have got this emerging team that, of course, has not won a playoff game, as I mentioned, uh, you know, the only one once since 57. But you've got Dan Campbell, who this team is buying into. You've got a record last year that was, you know, a three-win, one-tie record. You've got one of the easier schedules. We know that schedules aren't – you could say schedules were easier back in the day and it made more sense. There still are easier schedules than others, but who knows year to year anymore. But the Lions, I think it's third easiest right now in the NFL. They were 3-13-1, and, and you're asking them to double their win total. Uh, you know, and, and obviously to get to seven, if you had six as a push, that's where I got them at six and a half. You have to obviously get them to seven. You're asking the Lions to double their win total, which is completely doable. And if you look at what happened under Jim Schwartz, the Lions were 0 16. They improved it every year, went to the playoffs in the third year. I believe they had a seven win year the, the second year and then won 10 games and went to the playoffs and lost to the Saints. If you remember, when Matt Stafford threw his heart out and the Lions had no defense. So I know it's a trendy pick and six and a half is a lot different than six. But it's not crazy. I do know people that think the Lions are going to be a playoff team. That's crazy. That's about 2023, 2024. But when you look at that division, the Vikings are really kind of, I think, going backwards. Of course, they had to get rid of Zimmer. The The Bears are, to me, a complete wilderness until Justin Fields shows that he's this you know incredible young quarterback, which he, of course, is not yet. And I don't really trust the, the Bears' front office at all. Packers are clearly the favorite in the division. At minus 190 with Rodgers coming back. Vikes, by the way, plus 275, as I mentioned, the Lions, 10 to 1, 12 to 1. But I love, and this has nothing to do with me being a Lions fan or a Lions homer or anything like that, asking a team to double their win total when they were in the majority of their games and they improved themselves, not only through the draft, but through free agency. Of course, as I mentioned, a big question is Dan Campbell? Is he the right guy? I don't know about that yet. I think Brad Holmes is clearly the right guy. He's the one that was able to trade Matthew Stafford, which, of course, I was a big Matthew Stafford guy. I was one of the few in the media here in Detroit that was because it wasn't Matthew Stafford's fault. But by trading him and getting those multiple future first-round picks, that you had to do that to kind of rebuild this franchise. And, yes, Jared Goff isn't, looks like he's not going to be the answer, but to have the multiple first-rounders, obviously they were able to get Jameson Williams because of things like that, and getting Aiden Hutchinson with the overall two-pick in the draft, Building the, the defense and the offense from the lines out, which is what Brad Holmes said he wanted to do. And, of course, Dan Campbell is the kind of coach that is that rah-rah guy that the locker room could buy into. I think a 7-8 win year is completely realistic. With that schedule and the talent level, the Lions have, they're going to lose some clunkers. They're going to win some games they shouldn't. And there's going to be a lot of games that they're in that they probably shouldn't win and they'll lose close. But asking them to go from 3-13-1 to 7-10? Is that crazy at all when you've got the division where the Bears could be a two-win team against the Lions? We'll say the Lions could beat the Bears twice. Vikings they could split with. Packers they could split with. Then you've got teams like Jacksonville on the schedule, the Washington Commanders, you know, the Jets, the Panthers. So 
you know, and the Lions probably should beat the bye. Well, years, there's been years where they have lost to the bye. This year, I think they'll be favored over the bye. But that, to me, I understand why it's a trendy play. And to answer the question, is it too trendy? No, but six and a half, you got to be careful because at six, you're still pushing if they're six and 11. And it's like in a baseball total. If you're taking a total at, you know, six and it goes to six and a half, you got to get to seven as opposed to it's six and a half and then it goes to seven, seven's a push. Be careful with that, but I do like the Lions over. I took it over six a while ago. I still like it at six and a half. I believe the Lions will be at least a seven and 10 team coming up in 2022. All right, we're going to be joined by the namesake of this show, the great Tim Murray, hopefully giving me at least a B-plus grade. He'll join us next here. It's Daily Chin for Tim Murray and Sean King right here on the Nightcap on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Dan Leach in for Tim Murray and Sean King here on the Nightcap. Happy 4th, but what a treat this is. The namesake, the legend, the guy that I started my VEASAN career with, he put up with me for five straight days, even gave me rides to the studio, the great Tim Murray. Happy 4th of July. It's so great to see you. God, you sound like George Shea, man, with that type of hype bringing me in. I appreciate it. It's the truth. How are you? I'm really good, and, and and listen, it's been an honor filling in for you and Sean. But you know, I'm glad you were able to have a fun Fourth. It was it was your son's birthday today, right? He's the Fourth of he was born on the Fourth of July. Born on the Fourth of July, uh, a week late. He is uh, he's five years old. So uh, yeah, we had a good time. We uh, we hit up the the movie theater for the first time of his uh, his career. Uh, so he was uh, he was fired up for that. I think he downed a whole like extra large tub of popcorn. So. You know, just he was just living the dream, you know, like uh, like like any five year old uh, on the Fourth of July. So yeah, we're we're doing it. By the way, I just want to tell a quick story about Dan. So Dan comes in, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know he was he was cool enough to hang out uh, with me on the show for about for about a week. And one night we're just sitting there, and I don't know if you told this story, Dan, tonight, but if you haven't, I'm gonna. I did not. And I'm glad you're. I, I'm glad you're bringing it up because I actually was gonna say it at some point. So Dan, you know, he brings me in. He says, oh, the legend. I'm no legend. I'm just a guy. Uh, the legend is Brent Musburger. And Brent, we're just sitting there talking about God knows what. And I look over, and there's Brent Musburger, like, peeking into the, the studio door. And, and, and he's almost like, Dan, he was almost waiting to come in and be nice yep. and, like, wait till the break. And we're like, you're Brent Musburger. Come in whenever you want. And he just walked in studio said hello for a little bit, and then we ended up watching the end of a Dodgers game with Brent after the show concluded. Yeah, that he had, I believe, uh, several dimes on, if you know what I mean. He, he was on the Dodgers, and he was very happy when the Dodgers won. Yeah, Tim, that was, a, like I said, the whole week was amazing with you, but that itself, because Brent is a hero of mine, and I know how much he means to you as well, and of course this network, a uh, big reason it's here, to to be with you the first time I'd ever really been on Vison, and then to have him just kind of crash the show and 
sit with us and bring his scotch in there. And yeah. it was just, it was awesome, Tim. And you're like, you're like, Leach, I guess you're, I guess you're kind of a big deal. You, you come out of everyone, Brett Musburger's here. This person's here. Derek Stevens comes in. So I, I guess uh, I helped bring a little love that week. You did, man. And then you won like, uh, you know, like 10 grand on the Preakness and you're, yeah. you're set. You're sending me, and I, you know, like you know, like Dan alluded to, I've got a little guy at home, so I'm just chilling on a Saturday night. And Dan's like, "Come down to the South Point and have a steak on me. I got, I got all my Preakness winnings." <laughs> I tried. I Rob Bauer, my man, Rob Bauer. Appreciate Next it. time yeah, I'm there, it. though, Tim, I'm, the steak, the steak offer is still there. By the way, I was told I was reading a blog that said, "Is it true that your your son made his first bet today?" Yeah, on the hot talking contest. I know. Are you starting to be young? So I'll, I'll tell another little story. It's Fourth of July. It's whatever. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I was in. The, so Stations Casino here in Vegas has uh, what they call last man standing competition for the NCAA tournament. It's you know right. simple as you know as you would imagine. You just got to pick a winner uh, for for each day, and and last man standing wins wins the pot. So uh, yeah, I. Uh, my my wife was out of town, so I tried to get my entry in, and uh, needless to say, I tried to bring the little guy in into the sports book. That did not go over well, so uh, I had to figure out a way to get my entry in. So you know, we're trying not to uh, you know get him into our our uh, degeneracy so so early, Leach. But you know, every once in a while, you you kind of have to uh, make it happen. Yeah, I love, I love little kids in the sports world. Nothing wrong with that, Tim. I do want to talk to you about this because yeah. uh, I I feel like I'm in the minority, and I I mean you know I mean we met uh, over a year ago, so you know me a little, and I'm a very positive person. There's not much that, that upsets that me. I'm, I'm I try to look at the bright side of things, but I think this Big Ten expansion with USC and UCLA and of course eventually Oregon and Washington and whoever else, I think it's stupid. I mean, you're you're a West Coast guy. You know these teams out there. I'm not trying to say I'm against change. You got to survive and adapt. I get it. But I don't want USC in the Big Ten. I don't want you. I want to play USC in the Rose Bowl. I want to play them with Rodney Pete against like uh, you know uh, Elvis Gerback. I don't want them in the Big Ten in whatever like the Western Division, which is literally out west. Am I being curmudgeonly? Which I know I've never been accused of before because I got about ten years old. Uh, but I, I just think it's I think it's ridiculous that USC and USC, UCLA and other teams are joining the Big Ten. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth here because I agree <laughs> with you. And, you know, as a college football enthusiast like I am, my favorite sport uh, of any of them is college football. I, I want things to stay the same. I love the Pac-12. I love the traditional rivalries, you know, right. and. Producer Aaron Oster sitting there in the in the studio. Look, I want Maryland back in the ACC and playing Duke and UNC and Wake Forest and and hoops. Fact of the matter is, unfortunately, this is not you know it's it's not the way it's going to roll. So I'll spin it this way. You know, I have been as a Notre Dame fan, and everybody knows that. Or if they don't, hey, how you doing, Notre Dame fan here? <laughs> it's time, man. It's 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 over, Dan. It's time to join a conference, and I've never right. said that ever. Because I've always been of the mindset, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's they'll figure it out. They, you know, and and right now with the expected money that's going to come in in 2024 for this new Big Ten television deal, which is just going to be out of this world, oh. and the fact that USC is now in the Big Ten, Dan, that was my holdup. 
I was like, you got to keep these rivalries going. And now, you know, it's funny, Brady Quinn, uh, Mike Golick Sr., a lot of these notable alums are coming out and saying, now is the time. What what are we missing? Every team in the Big Ten, you know, for the most part is is of high academic regard. You now have UCLA and USC. I imagine if Notre Dame joined, Stanford would probably not right. be not that far behind. So really the only thing missing for Notre Dame is, okay, an NBC deal. Well, reportedly, NBC might be part of this Big Ten, you know, mega contract here in the next couple of years. So as crazy as it sounds, you know, it, it, you know, the money has just gotten so astronomical that it's just, you know, at this point, why not join? You're still going to get your West Coast trips with USC, UCLA, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, whatever. So, and it brings back, honestly, you know, Dan, I'm curious your thoughts. Like, look, I, I mean, you know, last time they played, it was a miserable evening for me, but I love Notre Dame, Michigan. I, I love right. Notre Dame, Michigan State. I love Notre Dame, Purdue. I love Notre Dame, um, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't say I love Notre Dame, Northwestern, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think the time has come. And, uh, you know, as much as uh, I've really grown to get excited for Notre Dame Wake Forest on a Saturday at noon in Winston-Salem, uh, the time has come for them to join the, the Big Ten. So I, I think I'd be curious to see what happens. But, you know, I to your original point, am I excited about it? No, not necessarily, but it's time to adapt. It's not going anywhere. And I, I now want to see Notre Dame join a conference. No, and, and Tim, I think you explained that perfectly. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I, I I know it has to happen, and it should have for Notre Dame years ago. And I'm with you. I I want to. Say, I know it didn't go well for you last time, but I was at that first Notre Dame Michigan night game. Whether you were a Notre Dame or Michigan fan, that was electric. I mean, it's a traditional rivalry. You mentioned if it, you know down the road if it's a Duke UNC type thing, and obviously USC UCLA, you'll still be able to have that. And I understand about the whole adapting part of things, but it's just it, at times to me it seems unnatural. That being said, yep. we're at the point here, Tim, where it is mega conference or die. And yep. the Big Ten is like the SEC and the Big 12. They're good enough. And there's teams that are good enough, even though Michigan got their ass kicked in the playoff last year, to make it there, to get the kind of recruiting. Of course, this is going to help with money and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. It's just I, I want to play USC in the Rose Bowl, not on like yeah. a September well, afternoon. But I get it. Yeah. And, and I'm with you, man. And that's like one of the saddest things about all of this. And it's just. You know, I get it from there from a lot of these players' mindset. It's 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 a meaningless game. But Dan, you and I and so many of these listeners grew up on, you know, the bowl games meant something, man. Like players yep. opting out of of Orange Bowls and Rose Bowl. I'm not look, I get it. I'm not begrudging them. There's nothing to gain for the most part. I totally understand that. But yeah, there's something about a New Year's Day at five o'clock Eastern. You know, especially from where you're from in Michigan, where I'm from, you know, originally back east, it being cold as hell and you tune it on and it's just gorgeous. And then you see the stealth bomber fly over for a flyover. So they'll figure it out. But that that certainly is a hit. I agree in the tradition of of this sport that you and I love so much. Yep, tradition should be something. Timmy, before I let you guys on a personal note again, I want to tell you how much you mean to me, how great it was to work with you when I first came out there and how kind you've been to me and how much of an honor it is to fill in for you and Sean tonight. Uh, to nothing but the best with this show, and just thanks so much for being you, Tim. Well, I appreciate it, Dan, and I appreciate you not uh, being too sad about Notre Dame kicking the crap out of Michigan on the recruiting trail. <laughs> it's not even been close. I have to just, I'm going to have to buy you some.
fruit basket. Tim, love you, man. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, enjoy the rest of the holiday off there. Follow Tim on Twitter at one Tim Murray. Dan Lee Chinfer, the great Tim Murray, and Sean King here on the Nightcap on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only 19 bucks, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now until the end of July. What a deal. You can sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, NASCAR, horse racing. It's awesome. You want the full VEASAN experience, which features the daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. It costs only 19 bucks to be a subscriber through July 20, 31st. As you say, 21st, it's the 31st, the entire month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. That's vcin.com slash summer. And just thanks again to Tim Murray. And as I mentioned, uh, as we let Tim go, the first time I was ever on vcin was with Tim for that entire week. And it really was just awesome. Whether it was Musburger crashing us, Becoming best friends with producer Aaron, the greatest man on earth. Uh, Derek Stevens coming in not once, but twice. Once, definitely a couple drinks in, maybe a couple thousand. And then the second time, he felt so bad. He, he was great that night, too. Uh, but it was just an awesome. Watching Wesberger sweat out a Dodgers game. Uh, just had a lot of fun at Circa and, and really just a great crew at Visa. And it's an honor to, to work for them and to do the Detroit City cast to be a frequent guest or host on the various shows that I have done. I uh, want to take a look at a couple things here. First, if you're not listening to Detroit City Cast, you might not be from Detroit, that's fine. But I do give out plays for Wimbledon and horse racing and golf and many other sports aside from just Detroit things. So take a listen. It's, uh, I think you might enjoy it. Uh, it's uh, award-winning, by the way, and some people will say it in my own mind. But uh, I, 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 mean, I gave out these plays on my show for today. I like to give them out a day in advance for Wimbledon because of the time change. Some of these matches start at 6 a.m. Eastern time and 3 a.m. Pacific time. But I do have a play for you. It's a two-leg parlay. And it starts with my man and fellow, well, I was to say fellow, not for Britain, fellow Brit. Uh, <laughs> it starts with my man for Britain, Cameron Norrie, playing David Goffin, the veteran that took down my man Francis Tiafo. Right now, Bet Rivers has Cameron Norrie minus 235 
The crowd will be behind him. This is a 10 a.m. match, Eastern time. I like Nord to win that in three or four sets. And then Anz Jabor, the Tunisian firebrand, such a creative young female player. I think that she, uh, I know we had uh, Pamela Maldonado on earlier, who likes Simona Halep, a former Wimbledon winner, to win it. I like Javor to win this tournament, and I definitely like her to win this match, as she is a big favorite against Buskova, minus 375. But if you put those two together, Nori and Javor, you can lay 124 to win 100 bucks. So I like those two together in a two-leg parlay. And I'm definitely considering a small play on Yannick Sinner. Do I think he's got a great chance of beating the Joker? Of course not. Djokovic is the best player in the world. Does he have a chance? Absolutely. And you're getting six to one. I mean, there are some players like Rafa Nadal and some others at, at later stages of the tournament that literally were six to one to win the whole thing. This is a single match. And yeah, Djokovic is the odds-on favorite for a reason. I actually have seen his odds go from minus 900 to minus 835 during the show. I don't think it's because there's a lot of steam on Sinner. But Sinner is, you saw what he was able to do against Alcaraz. He's got such great ground strokes. He can serve. He's a good returner. I think he can make this, at least put a question mark in Novak's head. What if Sinner comes out, wins the first set, has some pressure on Joker in the second set? It's just a half-unit type play for me. But I like Sinner getting 6-1 to one in the quarterfinal matchup, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 out there on Western time. And I was looking at baseball, uh, you know, still obviously early, and, and you want to make your plays as early as you can, but of course lines are up overnight. And how about my Detroit Tigers somehow, someway sweeping the doubleheader with the Cleveland Guardians? Well, guess what? That, that It's not going to happen in game three of this four-game series. Because coming up later today on the East, you've got Quantrill, who's got a 3.72 ERA against Hutchinson, who is 0-4 with a 4.81 ERA. I have no problem laying the buck 48 right now at Circa. I'm seeing 150 at Bet Rivers. I don't normally like to lay anything more than about 120 or 130, but in certain situations, when I don't believe the run line has enough value, I will do so. Maybe there's another game you like. You can throw this in a parlay with. I've said this on my show, and I say this on a lot of appearances on VEASAN. You don't want to bet a ton of money on baseball. I mean, this, yes, there are certain people that go out there and they have huge bank rolls and they bet thousands of hours on a baseball game. That's fine. I'm not going to judge you. But when it comes to the everyday better, let's say you're a $50, $100 better, you don't want to bet five, six, seven, eight baseball games a day. There's just no value in that. But there's certain spots you could pick, whether it's a total, a run line, an underdog, a small favorite, where it's worth it. And to me, the Guardians are in that spot. Nothing, nothing more than 150 is what I would lay. But I just, I don't, the run line to me, the minus one and a half plus even money or plus 110, I don't think there's enough value there because the Guardians could obviously win this game by a run. And I don't want them to win the game and then lose the bet. I don't mind laying the 150. The Tigers are not going to win three in a row. I know the Guardians obviously have been uh, a team that's been very up and down this year. But to me, this is a good spot to take that kind of a mid level favorite minus the 148, minus 150. Give me the Guardians with Quantrill on the mound against Hutchinson, who has not been very good for the Tigers. And, and to Tim's, Murray, and, and my discussion about the Big Ten, first I just wanted to throw out some Big Ten odds that are coming up without USC and US, UCLA and Notre Dame. Ohio State, of course, the big favorite was C.J. Stroud, the Heisman favorite, uh, one of the top three Heisman favorites, minus 210. My Michigan Wolverines, 6-1. to one. 
Of course, you know, we'll see if it's Cade McNamara or J.J. McCarthy. I know J.J. McCarthy has much better Heisman odds than Cade McNamara, but they haven't named a starter yet, so we'll see. Wisconsin 11-1, to Penn State 16-1, to Iowa 20-1, to Nebraska 22-1, to Minnesota and P.J. Fleck and the Flecktones 28-1, to and then you look at Michigan State, they are 28-1 to in Mel Tucker's third year. Back to, you know, the Wolverines, they are, they are deserving of being the second favorite. That being said, they lost so much talent on defense, including Ojabo and, of course, obviously Aiden Hutchinson and others, Dax Hill. So to me, it's going to be about the offense. If the offense can make up for the losses defensively, the Wolverines could be in the mix. But Ohio State, clearly the best team. If you want to look at some value, I think Iowa's got some value. Of course, he went to the Big Ten title game last year. Iowa at 20 to 1 would be the team I would look at. But back to the point about the Big Ten expansion that me and, and Tim uh, Murray talked about. And you look at, you know, teams on that board like Rutgers, who came in, you know, in recent years, and Maryland and Nebraska. And they really have been irrelevant when it's come to football. So it's less about and even basketball in some ways, because Maryland has been good basketball forever. When you look at a team like USC, Oregon, Notre Dame coming to the Big Ten, and Tim made a great point about Notre Dame. He's a Notre Dame fan. I have a lot of friends of Notre Dame fans being in the Big Ten. They should be in a conference, and it looks like if NBC is part of this rumored mega deal, they, they have a very good chance of being in the Big Ten. But when you look at these conferences becoming 20 deep, and you're not only going to play certain teams once every five, six, seven years. To me, tradition should mean something. But I get the whole adapt and die thing. I'm not going crazy about it. But it just doesn't seem natural to me. And this is kind of the way we're, this is where we're at. You know, two, maybe three mega conferences, and then everyone else is going to be basically an FCS team in many ways. And, you know, you'll still have my alma mater, the Eastern Michigans and the San Jose States and, you know, the, the North Texases. But the only teams that will really have a chance to get to the playoff are going to be some of the top-level teams in these mega conferences, even like further down the trough, like the Mississippis and the Missouris and other teams like that. Obviously, Northwestern, Minnesota, they're never going to probably sniff the playoffs. So we're just, you know, we're consolidating things, making it even, I don't want to say easier for the SEC teams that go any, every year anyway. But eventually, we've got to institute a at least 16-game playoff. Every other level of Division One sports does it. I mean, every other sport, every other level, you know, whether it's field hockey, whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball, they all do at least a 16-team tournament. That needs to happen, especially if we start getting into these mega conferences. And, you know, it'd be nice to have USC and UCLA in the same conference so they can play each other. But then let's say Michigan State will play UCLA once every 10 years. Uh, you know, USC will play Northwestern once every 10 years. Something like that. It's just going to be so imbalanced. And how do you make that fair? You know, almost like how the divisions of the Big Ten have been unfair with Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, all in the same division when there's much more talent in the, the west than the east, or the east of the west, excuse me. So, you know, I, I'm definitely willing to, to move towards the future, but it just seems so odd to me when the news broke, USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, I was like, really? Come on, man. Is there anything to be said about tradition? But how about my Wolverines? getting out-recruited by everyone except for Indiana so far for 2023. That will change. Jim Harbaugh is still there, but, you know, that's got to definitely get picked up and picked up soon. All right, it's been a pleasure filling in. Uh, thanks to all the great guests tonight. Uh, Wes Reynolds, Pam Malnato, Jonathan Von Tobel, Patrick Everson, my man Tim Murray, of course, producer Aaron and the whole crew. I'm Dan Leach. 
It's been a pleasure filling in for Tim Murray and Sean King here on the Nightcap. Have a wonderful rest of your July 4th holiday. Until next time, believe in the dream. You've been watching VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare